Last week, we looked at a simple statement that most people probably wouldn't think is really in the Bible, even though it's often proclaimed as though it is. We looked at everything happens for a reason. Before we get to our saying for this week, let's have another pop quiz. We did this last week. I'm going to show you five familiar quotes on the screen. Which one of them is a word-for-word -word quote from the Bible? Cleanliness is next to godliness. Spare the rod, spoil the child. Let us love one another, for love comes from God. Pride comes before the fall. A fool and his money are soon parted. Some of them are close, but not quite. Cleanliness is next to godliness was apparently first recorded in a sermon by John Wesley in 1778, but it's an idea and a concept that was traced back to the Babylonian and Hebrew religious materials centuries ago. Spare the rod and spoil the child might come from a distorted version of Proverbs 13, 24. But what it says is this, whoever spares the rod hates their children, but the one who loves their children is careful to discipline them. So the saying, as we know it, is not scripture. Pride comes before a fall. Or maybe you've heard the version, pride goeth before a fall. Proverbs 16 Verse 18 is the probable source of this misquote. What it actually says is, pride comes before disaster, arrogance before a fall. So we're close on a couple of these, but not quite. A fool and his money are soon parted comes from a poet named Thomas Tusser who wrote in 1557 in a poem called 500 Points of Good Husbandry. Men, are you ready for that book? <laughs> 500 points of good husbandry. In the year 1557, that's where the phrase is first found, a fool and his money are soon parted. So the one we're left with as directly quoted from Scripture, 1 John 4, 7, the first part of that verse, let us love one another, for love comes from God. This week, we look at another statement that's often quoted as though it's scripture, but is not, even though this one's not so uh, clearly yes and no as the one we looked at last week. The statement is this, God won't give you more than you can handle. You've heard that. Maybe you've said that. Maybe you've heard other people say it a lot. Um, it's often said in an attempt to offer encouragement or hope to someone who's going through a tough time. But it's a mistaken use, a misquote of a scripture that is similar to this, but not really appropriate for the situations we use it in because context is everything in hearing those words. Let's look at this scripture that is very similar, but is not a quote of this. It comes from 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13. Let's look at that. Listen to these words. 
and how similar it sounds to God will not give you more than you can handle. Paul writes, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. There's the phrase. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. To begin with, it's critical that we understand the context of all that Paul's writing there. It comes as a part of a warning to the Corinthian church. A statement warning them about past consequences of of sins committed by the people of God, specifically warning them about idolatry, revelry, sexual sin, and immoral living in general. At the end of that warning, Paul uses verse 13 to remind them there is always hope in situations of temptation. He tells them, God will not let them be tempted beyond what they can bear. I'm assuming that's where God won't give you more than you can handle, where it comes from. God God will not let them be tempted beyond what they can bear. And then he says, when you are tempted, God will provide a way out of that temptation. In other words, there's always a way of escaping sin and sinning. And God will provide that way of escape. Often, in the opportunity to walk away or run away or remove ourselves from the situation. God will never leave us in a situation where sinning is the only option. In that context of temptation to sin, God will not allow more than we can bear without providing a way to escape from that temptation. But what we need to understand is that We can't necessarily take a statement like that in a specific setting and context and generalize it to all of life. Because what's true in certain situations or contexts cannot necessarily be applied to every situation we encounter. Most of the time this statement is made, it is not about temptation and sin. It's misquoted, it's misused. Um, often by people who are very well-meaning and concerned for others who are going through a difficult time. And they want to encourage them and lift them up. And so they remind them of what they think of Scripture when they say, hey, it's okay. God's not going to let you have more than you can handle. God won't give you more than you can handle. But if we proclaim that to be true, no matter how well-intentioned we may be, what are we really communicating about God? What are we saying God is like? And what does that sound like to someone who is going through a really tough time at the moment? Think about the statement as it might be heard, perceived, by the one who hears that said to them. What questions or concerns might come to mind when we say say this to someone who's hurting from physical weakness, illness, someone who's struggling for emotional or spiritual survival? God will never give you more than you can handle? (laughs) 
Oh, yeah? Uh, Not so sure about that. What does it sound like? What do we need to remember about God and what God is like in contrast to what we might unintentionally communicate? Let's start with this. God gives blessings to the children of God because of his great love for them. James 1.17 tells us this. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. That sounds like a God who delights in blessing the children of God with good, not pushing them to the limit of what they can stand. While I believe God knows us and knows us well, including our strengths, our weaknesses, and even where our breaking points are, I have a hard time believing that God would push us to the limit of what we can stand. Can you imagine God working that way? I'm trying to imagine the thought going through the mind of God. Well, I know, I know Phil pretty well. I know what he can handle, so I'm going to push him to that limit. Really, Lord? Usually, we're already dealing with more than we can handle. We don't need to wrestle with this idea of God's going to push me possibly as far as I can go. I mean, we have to admit life, circumstances, trials, struggles, heartaches, things beyond our control can all potentially push us to the point of being more than we can handle. Most of us could probably think of a time when we felt like we had more than we could handle. And if not us personally, we know someone who's been there, who's dealt with more than they could handle. Sometimes the situations commonly encountered in life are more than we are equipped to handle on our own. The good news is we don't have to handle it on our own. God won't give you more than you can handle. Usually when people make that statement, they're implying you won't have more in your life than you can deal with. And and you and I know that's not always true, is it? We've had more than we knew how to deal with on our own. At some point, we will all encounter more than we can handle. Ask those who have Lost loved ones in tragic circumstances. Ask those who have endured major long-term illnesses and long-term treatments for those conditions. Or they've gone with that through someone they love, with someone they love. Ask someone who's lost everything in a fire or a natural disaster. More than they can handle on their own. Life can dump more on us than we can handle by ourselves. What about those people who are going through a hard time and are told, God won't let you have any more than you can handle? How might they respond if they can't handle all they're dealing with? What does it make them feel like? 
they believe it's true that God won't give them more than they can handle, then it would be easy for them to begin to blame themselves with thoughts like, I must not be as strong as I'm supposed to be or as strong as God thinks I am. Or I guess my faith just isn't strong enough. Or even if God thinks I can handle this, God doesn't know me as well as I thought. Doubt or guilt is not what we need heaped on us when we're already struggling to navigate through the toughest of times. So if you've ever felt like you were in a place where you had more than you could handle, and a part of that wrestling included some of these thoughts of of doubt and questioning my strength and my faith and my commitment to the Lord and all, I pray that that the weight of those concerns would be lifted and you'd be freed from that today. Our faith is not something we earn. Our faith is not something that has to be proven before it's worth anything. Our faith is in a God who comes to us, even in our greatest points of need, especially in those times. Not because we've proven to have a strong faith, but often because we can't handle what life's dumped on us at that point. We are not designed to handle on our own everything the world can dump on us. Nor is anyone else who might have heard this statement somewhere along the way. Look at the scripture from 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Beginning at verse 8, this is Paul writing about their experience that puts this whole thing in a different light. Paul writes these words. We think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble we went through in the province of Asia. We were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure. And we thought we'd never live through it. In fact, we expected to die. But as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely on God who raises the dead. He did rescue us from mortal danger and he will rescue us again. We have placed our confidence in him and he will continue to rescue us. That's a lot different than God didn't allow us any more than we can handle. That's Paul being real, saying we were struggling, we were questioning, we were wondering if we were going to make it through all of this stuff. We were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure. We thought we'd never live through it. They were dealing with more than they could handle. But their testimony is that God rescued them. It was more than they could deal with, but God's presence and power was beyond adequate. It's what rescued them from potential tragedy. It didn't matter that they had more than they could handle because they didn't have to handle it themselves. God's power far exceeded their own. And God poured out that power on them in this impossible situation. Look at what may be the most important part of that passage we just read. Verse 9. 
as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely only on God who raises the dead. They realized they did have more than they could handle themselves. So they quit trying to handle it themselves and relied increasingly on God minute by minute. What Paul reminds us of is that in the tough times, we're not necessarily having tests dumped on us by God just to see how strong we can be. But rather, those times can become occasions on which we encounter the living God and the power of God that rescues us that gets us through one way or another those things we know we can't handle on our own. When we rely on God in those tough times, our Lord is always there to assure us, you don't have to handle this by yourself. It is more than you can handle. But I've got it. And I've got you. I believe God's hope for us is to realize we never have to handle things ourselves, whether it's the tough times or the easy times. Our God will always be with us, never expecting or wanting us to feel like we have to handle things ourselves. God doesn't want us to feel like our faith, our faithfulness, are demonstrated by how well we're able to bear the burdens that come our way. Instead, we are encouraged to fully rely on our Savior. Listen again to these words that Sarah sang to us earlier. They come from Matthew eleven twenty-eight and following. It's an invitation. Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are struggling hard and carrying heavy loads, and I will give you rest. Put on my yoke and learn from me. I'm gentle and humble. And you will find rest for yourselves. My yoke is easy to bear. My burden is light. An invitation from our Savior the one who rescues, to come. Allow him to bear what we can't. I want to invite you this morning to come to the one who can give you rest. Make this a day to let go of what you can't handle and allow God to handle it with you and for you. Make a declaration of dependence on the Lord who not only doesn't give you more than you can handle, He promises to go with you through those times that you can't handle yourself. The truth is, you can never give God more than God could handle. We will run into more than we can handle, but we can never give to God 
more than our God can handle. As we close this morning, maybe you're in one of those times right now that you can't handle yourself. Maybe you know someone who is, and maybe you want to take a minute to pray and give God the situation that comes to mind because it feels like more than I or that other person can handle. So I want to invite you to spend a moment in prayer this morning. You can do that in your pew where you're sitting or standing while we sing. If you would like, you're more than welcome to come and kneel here at this, at this place of prayer. If you're at home or on the road watching this, you can pray right where you are. And simply be honest with God. We don't have to handle everything ourselves. God is with us. God is for us. And God is strong enough to rescue us from all of those things we can't handle ourselves. If you need to spend a moment in prayer this morning, feel free to come while we sing. Let's pray together. God, we like to think we're all strong enough to deal with whatever life, whatever the world dumps on us, but we are not. We often find that we're too weak, ill-equipped, powerless to deal with life situations, particularly as one piles up on another and then another and then another we get to the point of, we can't take anymore, God. But we hear the testimony of Paul in the scripture that tells us when they thought they wouldn't make it, you rescued them. Lord, when we find ourselves there, rescue us. You've proven that you are more than willing more than powerful enough to be our rescuer. So I pray, God, that you would move us to the place we heard about in Scripture where they gave up relying on themselves and chose to totally rely on you. Help us to rely on you, Lord, in all that we encounter. And to trust that we cannot give you more than you can handle. Because you are Lord. You are God. We give ourselves to you and all that we carry in that hope this morning. And we do so resting in your presence. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen.